So my title today that we're going to get into is part two of last week's The D Cousins. Remember last week we had the, um, the destructive cousins that caused a lot of problems. So now this week we're going to get into the, uh, how did I write that? The D Cousins of Defense. And there's another D. It's amazing how, how many Ds come into my mind when you start thinking about these things. So we still want to get into Nehemiah a little bit. I encourage you all to read Nehemiah because it's such a good, they're all good, but I mean, there's so much in here that you can gain from this. <coughs> so last week we talked about, just to go over really quickly, I won't take time on it, but... Uh, we talked about the disruption. So we had discouragement, distraction, doubt, deception, disinformation, division, despair, depression, discontentment, disobedience, delays, disregard, and disappointments. So that was last week. So now this week we have our first D is uh, instead of being deceived, we want discernment. So our first scripture is Nehemiah again for a little bit in chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. So one day I went into the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, and son of Mehethabel, who was shut in his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple, and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. Because note this in verse 12. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had been prophesied, he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalai had hired him. He had been hired. So, um, and 13. So he had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and they would give me a bad name. So the sin would have been, here he was, um, Shammai, I think that's how you say it. He's like, we're going to go into the temple. We've got to hide away because men are coming to kill you, and they're going to kill you. It's like, okay, what happens? You get fearful. I'm going to be killed. I better go hide. I've got to defend myself. So I'm going to go in. But you know what? Nehemiah tested the word, and he realized that this was not from the Lord because it sounded good. Well, yeah, I'm going to go save myself. But it was a sin to go into the temple because he was not a priest. So it was unlawful for him to be in the temple. It's against God. So sometimes we hear things that may sound good, and it's going to save our skin, or maybe we have to decide, that, well, this is the only way I can do this. But we have to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice within and say, this something's not lining up. Is that what, what God would say? Is that what the, you've been told? Has I, it's like these are the questions we should ask ourselves when we're faced with decisions and discernment. Because discernment means to recognize and discover. And our, the only way that you're going to be able to discern what's from God and what's not from God is if we have the Holy Spirit and we listen to his voice. So we need to be tuned in to discernment and what the Holy Spirit's saying. Because remember what the serpent said in the garden. Well, 
Did God really say that you could do that and you would die? No, don't touch that. You know, so it's deception, but we need discernment. So the next thing we have to do is have, we need to devote, devote ourselves to prayer, devote ourselves to be led by the Spirit, devote ourselves to gain wisdom, devote ourselves to meet with other believers. And do you vote for self? Paul says, even in Colossians, I don't have this written in there, but Paul says to pray, being watchful. So in Nehemiah 4, 8 <coughs> through 7, or 8 through 9, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. But they all plotted together to come against, come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. So there they devoted themselves right away to praying to God. Okay, God, we need you to answer us what we should do. So they devoted themselves to post guards day and night to, to, to uh, be watchful and be careful of the enemy coming against them. And sometimes we have to be on our guard, not sometimes, always. We always have to be on our guard about things that may come against us and being watchful and pray about it. I know there's always so many times we say pray, pray, pray. But it is important to pray because the more we learn to pray, and it could be a simple prayer, it doesn't have to be extravagant, just ask the Lord, Lord, show me what I need to be doing about the situation. Help me if I'm fearful. Help me if I am uh, afraid of this. Help me to step into this thing that I'm not, I don't know how to do it. So those are the things that we can devote ourselves to. And we have to ask ourselves, what do we devote ourselves to? What do we devote ourselves or who do we devote ourselves to? So sometimes we have to remember how much time am I spending with the Lord compared to what I want to be doing on my own thing, you know. And it's hard. I mean, I admit I'm guilty of that too. I don't always, I try. It's like a good intention thing. We try to spend so much time. We want to do the right thing. But there's something just calling me away. <laughs> something to go do this or do that or oh, meet with this person or do that. But as long as we're, our heart is geared to devote ourselves to him, he's always going to draw us back to that place. And so we shouldn't beat ourselves up, but we do need to, to devote ourselves to learning, being led by the Spirit, to spending time with the Lord and in the Word. Because how are we going to discern if we're not in the Word, right? It's like getting a manual for your car on how to change your oil or what kind of oil you're going to need but never changing the oil. Well, you might know what it needs, but if you don't change the oil, your car is going to be ruined, right? Number three, be determined. <clears throat> Nehemiah 2, 17 and 18. Nehemiah, uh, they, then Nehemiah said to them, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. 
So here we have a determination, but guess what? Then they replied, well, then let us start rebuilding. So they began their good work. I could sort of just put yourself in that place. There you are. Everything looks bad. It's terrible and ruined, right? And he comes and says, you see what mess we're in. We, have this, we need to build it up. We need to do this. We need to start rebuilding the wall. But then when he said what happened with the king, the king gave him favor, and the favor of what God did, he was like, oh, we're in. Let's rebuild the wall. There was the encouragement of the vision of one man and seeing that the favor of God had done for him. So it's just like when we have one person have a vision and encourage another person, which encourage another person, then we have a body of people with one cause. And that's what the body of Christ is, to encourage each other and being, uh, and also sharing what the Lord's done. Hey, the king left me go. He even gave me passage, sent a letter, give him wood, give him whatever he needs. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's pretty neat. So they determined to start the wall and they had the encouragement of each other. Then we had to look at, they made a decision. We need to make a decision to determine what we're going to do. It's hand in hand, really, this decision and determination. It's just like a decision for Christ. We determine to walk, we need to determine to walk the walk and talk the talk. We also want to make that decision. It's like, whose side are you going to be on? Are you going to walk with me, or are you going to walk with the worldly views? Are you going to walk with what you think is right, or are you going to consult me, God, to see what I want you to do, because I know the best way, the best plan, the best, best path. And we need to make a decision that we want to grow, not stay stagnant and stay there. We want to build that wall of faith, build encouragement with discernment and devotion. I'm just going to keep reiterating these words again and again so that they're in our head. <laughs> Believe me, I've been putting them in my head for a couple of nights now. <laughs> and I keep getting more Ds, too, that come to my mind. I'm like, oh, that's a good one, too. Um, so we need to determine and make a decision to fear God, not man. That's a tough one because I'm telling you, we all know how that is. It's when there's a lot of opposition with Nehemiah. We've got Sambalay and however you say their names, Tobiah and Sambalay, coming against, stirring up all this trouble, mocking, ridicule. You're not going to do anything. Don't even bother. And then when that plan doesn't work, well, let's try a new tactic. Uh, let's start having some people within his inner circle like the one we just talked about to say, let's go into the temple where these are people within his country or the area using false prophecies so he's going to work all the ways around us to try to make us quit or fail but we need not to uh, fear man and what they're going to do we need to fear God because God the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom number four diligent to be diligent means to be a characterized by steady earnest and energetic effort. 
being consistent, patient. Well, I'll write there when I look at those words. I have a problem with being consistent. I don't know about anyone else here. <laughs> it's, it's hard to be a consistent person. It really, I mean, let's just face it. Sometimes you start off strong with an idea or start off strong in your faith. Yeah, well, remember when we first got, any of us remember when we first accepted the Lord and how we were all excited and God loves me. I can do everything through Christ. And then all of a sudden the opposition starts and then your friends don't accept you. And then people even in your family or other people are saying, you, you know, what, what happened to you? You're, you're a nutcase now or something. It's like, you know, then all this stuff starts coming against you. Like you really want to do what God wants you to do. You want to follow Christ. You want to be a good Christian. And then all of a sudden everything else comes around. So we need to be diligent, steady, Make our mind up to be determined. Stay in God's presence. Devote your time. Worship. Learn how to just sit in his presence and hear from him. And um, also, energetic effort. Well, yeah, sometimes, just like studying for a test or going to college, people are, you're going to have to be diligent and consistently studying and putting the effort. And there's going to be times that you're probably going to say, I'm tired of this. I don't feel like doing this. This is too hard. But we have to remember to stay on track. You've got a goal. You've got to make it through. So just keep asking the Lord for strength. And they, remember, they prayed, strengthen our hands, God. Strengthen our mind, God. Strengthen my abilities and the gifts, Lord. It's, he's there for the asking us. To, he wants us to ask him for these things. Second Timothy 3, 12 through 14. says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers evil and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know that these these from whom you learned it so once you get grounded in the word and that's a big thing i i know i make a i'm like a broken record every time i'm up here you probably oh here she goes again talking about being learning and discipled and growing and but that's the whole key we have to make our just like going to college or school or anything learning a new job we have to learn well, what does god say to me so that i can learn and grow what does god say to me so that i can live a godly life uh, because it says here it's gonna get you know everyone who wants to live a godly life you're gonna be persecuted so get ready for it because you may be one of the few people in a group of people that are going to be wanting to be a godly person when a lot of other things are coming against what God represents and his principles. So what gets in your way of diligence? Hmm, something to think about. What gets in your way of being diligent about things? Is it you make excuses maybe for yourself? or uh, I just didn't feel like it today because... Uh, I just didn't feel like it today. 
<laughs> like there's times that you're going to stall out on certain things, but the whole thing is you've got to keep putting back to focus. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to talk the talk, no matter what some people say, no matter what ridicule, what mocking, whatever I feel, I'm still going to do it. Number five, decree. Decree God's word and what it says. When you make a, a decree, you're agreeing with God. You're making an agreement for what he says, what he promises. Um, You've got to proclaim the blessings and he, what he says about what he says about you, what he says about who he is, and what his promises are. Nehemiah 4, you don't have to go there, but 4.15 says, Remember, the Lord is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your wives, and your children. When he was encouraging them, he goes, just remember, the Lord God is awesome and great. The God is omnipotent. He is, all, he is all these things. He is the creator of the world, of all of us. He knows our hearts. He knows every hair on your head. So it's like, just keep remembering who God is and what he says. So make decrees. Like, just take a scripture that might be a promise, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I start getting really tired and weary and growing faint about certain things or trying to worry about something, worry should not be in our mind, but we do worry. We start saying it's a concern, it's, but it's really a worry. But I like to dress it up and say, well, I'm concerned, so I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> but let's really be honest. We worry about stuff. We worry about things that might happen that might not even happen. We worry about, uh, like, if I'm doing the right thing, you know. So start decreeing that everything that God says about you, I know the plans I have for you. All these, all these scriptures, start writing them down and decreeing them over yourself, over your family, over your home. Just start saying them out loud. And when you're decreeing that, you're building your faith. You're building more of that encouragement in yourself. Alrighty, number six, disengage. Now, this means to separate or release something or someone that you are attached to that causes you, I, I wrote that after this, that causes you to maybe be influenced to draw away from the Lord or causes you to sin. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says to pure ourselves from the things that contaminate our body and our spirit because we need to have our spirit renewed daily. It says, let us, from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, that could be a lot of different things. And I can see where you are, like before that scripture, it says about being unequally yoked. But we've got to watch who we are spending most of our time with, what we're spending most of our reading with, what we're involved with. And one of those things that, I mean, even dating, if you're dating someone and they're, they're 
causing harm or drawing you away from God purposely or unpurposely. It's something that maybe you should think, hey, I need to back away and stay away from that and spend more time with people that have the same view and heart as I do. And another thing that I see, something that can be glossed over, which is very dangerous, is dabbling in the mystics and the occults, dressing it up as a little game that's just, just a game. It's not harmful. But I know people who are actually doing seances, doing different things, they're opening the door to the enemy. And believe me, you do not want to be doing that. From experience, I will tell you that. Because it's not a fun thing. It's very, very, very fearful. If you want to, I don't want to go into that, but I do want to explain that you've got to be very careful. If it's saying that the spirit, oh, you can know your future, do this and that, or watch movies that are involved with all kind of spiritual phenomenons, you've got to be careful. Because you can be drawn into it and think that it's no big deal until you've opened that door and you've let a lot of things in that you can't just sweep out. Alrighty, next one is delight. Instead of having discontentment and discouragement that was in our other list, we need to delight. And what can we delight in? The presence of the Lord, the love of the Lord. And in Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners t- <coughs> that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Those that delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on the law will be like the tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in its season and does not wither. So when we spend time delighting in God, delighting in his ways, we will, have a, we will produce fruit, and we will not grow weary and wither and die because we're going to be strong. The roots are going to go deep. Okay, we have a couple more. Discipline, number eight. First Timothy 4, 7 through 8. have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales rather train yourself to be godly for physical did I have tra- yes for physical training is of some value but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come So disciplining ourselves. Well, we all know if you ever did weight training for any kind of sport or running, it's hard at first till you get those muscles trained to continue on to do a little bit more, a little bit more, adding on a little more weight, going another mile or whatever, training yourself to eat healthy and not eat the junk food. That's hard. I know in even wrestling, you have to be at a certain weight to be in that class, and if you go one pound over, you're out of that weight. And they, a lot of them do not eat a lot. It's a shame, but I don't know how they keep their strength when they're not eating a lot of food. But anyway, train yourself to be godly. So when we get saved, or we make that decision for Christ, 
we just don't arrive or we just are, we're all equipped and we know everything, so now I'm ready to tackle the world. Yeah. Well, we need to train ourselves to train ourselves to start reading what the Bible says about building our faith, understanding what we need to do to continue in the faith, and we need to deprogram, which there's another D. Deprogram our old sinful nature. That just happened to come up on. Yeah, don't let your feelings rule. Don't let your old way of life be the same program. You need to deprogram because now you've got a new set of rules. They're not just rules, though, of do's and don'ts. They're just a way of life, a new way of life, I should call it. It's because we need to get spiritually fit. And if we're spiritually fit, then we're able to recognize and discern, determine, devote, What's the other one? Be diligent and decree God's word and disengage from those things that are harmful. So we don't want to let our feelings rule. We don't want to let them rule our life. We want to let God rule our life. And it's a good thing because God's ways are good. They're for our benefit. And we will reap the good benefits if we're training spiritually to be spiritually fit. Okay, now this one just came. I know it sounds... But discuss. All right. Well, what's that all about? Discuss. How about we need to discuss the things that are on our heart to God and maybe other people that are trusted believers that you can talk with. Something that you're struggling with. If you have a problem with, you're having issues with something or you don't understand, find someone that can help you and listen, so, and uh, they can encourage you or show you, like, if you want to go to the pastor, you want to go to a teacher that knows that, or another friend that you know is spiritually uh, mature, then you can go and say, this is what I'm dealing with. Let's talk, can we talk about it? And that's where we need to be able to discuss about ourselves or what we're struggling with. Talk to God, be honest with them. God's on duty 24-7. He's always ready to listen. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always there. So we can talk to him, say, hey, I'm, Lord, I'm angry about this. Lord, I'm dealing with this friend or I'm dealing with this situation. Lord, I'm sad. Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Help me. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Or I feel. These are all things that we can discuss with the Lord. That's what's called about fellowshipping with the Lord because we can discuss things about, he knows it already about every one of us, what we're dealing with. But sometimes he will also put someone in your, in your midst that can, you can have mentor you or talk about this thing. And the last one is do. These are all things that we can learn. We learn about things because James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. There's a D. Do not deceive yourself, but do what it says. So I always thought about that. Listen to the word and don't deceive yourself. Well, how do you, do, how do you deceive yourself? Well, sometimes we can say, 
Well, I read that, but that doesn't really apply to me. That's deceiving yourself. How about, well, I know I should, but that's deceiving yourself. Or um, you're afraid of being rejected, so you don't do it, or you don't say it. So that's why James was saying, or here's another one, let someone else do it. <laughs> someone else can do that. I don't need to worry about it. Or I already heard that. This is the same story out of the Bible I've heard since I was a kid. I don't need to hear it again. I know that story. But see, the, those are the things that are sneaky. If we think we know it all or we don't need to do it, we'll let someone else do it, we're deceiving ourselves because we're not get engaged in the facts that we're learning. We're not engaging ourselves to what God's plan is. So that's where we end. When Jesus said that in this life we are facing a lot of issues that I never thought I would ever, ever hear in my lifetime. <laughs> Because we just never had these kind of things so strangely change and shift in our society as it has. So now it's more important than ever that we stand firm in our faith, build ourselves up with all these little D cousins. These cousins are good cousins. You're going to have a happy reunion when you get together with them. The other ones, they're in a, boo they're in a bad way cousins. <laughs> they're not helping any. But anyways... Jesus said that we would face many trials in this world and many troubles. He already warned us. And that's why this, what Paul writes, what Jesus said with all the authors in the Bible, that's why we have to be equipped for every good thing and everything that we need. So I'll leave with the last scripture to um, end on. And it's more like... Uh, What's good about the scriptures is you can almost make all of them into a prayer and insert yourself into that place. But Hebrews 10, 23 through 24, it's like our prayer. So we just pray on verse 23 that we can hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for you who promised, Lord, are faithful. And help us to consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds and not give up meeting together because we need to encourage each other and be encouraged by you, Lord. So there's a perfect example of just a thing that can make into a prayer because we need to hold on to the hope. And it's amazing, like, when you look at Nehemiah, they built that whole wall around Jerusalem in 52 days. Not 52 years or 52 months, 52 days. That's a, that's, that's a miracle in itself. So, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to develop, to be determined, to discern, to delight in you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you delight in us and that you delight to have us seek your face, seek, your, uh, seek time with you, and be encouraged in your word. Help us to hear you. Help us to be led by your spirit. And we thank you that you equip us for every good work, and we thank you that you love us and that you are our Father. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.